What's up, fans? Before we get started on the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast today, we wanted to let you know that our wrestling podcast will now be featured on WrestlingOpinion.com. You can visit WrestlingOpinion.com now to check out cool editorials, history, match of the week, interviews, videos, news, and of course, wrestling opinions. So please visit WrestlingOpinion.com and you can follow them on Twitter at WrestlingOpins at wrestling O-P-I-N-S. But for now, let's start the show. Fans, welcome back to another episode of the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Aaron here. We're going to be recording this over a couple different days, and you'll be getting it sometime midweek as part of our midweek episode. Uh, new format we're going to try here moving forward to make things easier on us and easier on you to know what to expect. You're going to get a midweek wrestling talk episode with some positives and negatives and uh, other segments, and then a weekend wrestling talk episode from us uh, to a week from now on. And we're going to give you uh, hopefully longer episodes with more content. I have the whole crew with us tonight. We're going to start with Two Chames, who's out on the West Coast, joining us via satellite. How are you tonight, Two Chames? Feeling good, guys. Can't wait. Can't wait. I'm enjoying my vacation um, and ready to embrace the debate tonight. There we go. And uh, Dr. M joining us. How are you, sir? I'm doing all right. Ready to talk about. Uh... This uh, very interesting pay-per-view we just saw. Yeah. And we have uh, Mr. Silly Sellis. What's up? Hey, much, man. Hey, hey, Raw. I am here ready to go, and I am ready to talk. And, of course, our good friend, ours and yours, D-Wayne. What's happening? Um, it was good, you know. Sounds like everyone has a big problem or issue. Like, I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne's always cool. I'm especially cool. As we record this, it's uh, Monday night, June 15th, and I'm uh, I've got my TV muted right now. I'm watching my Chicago Blackhawks raise their third Stanley Cup in six seasons. I think we can officially hashtag that as a dynasty. I'll, um, we are, we are, we are. Yeah. Congrats. But with all dynasties, there's always some type of deflate gate or uh, spy <laughs> gate going on. So we'll, we'll, we'll find out if it's a true dynasty. Yeah. Wrestling, <laughs> wrestling fans, just so you know what he's talking about, I've been a, a longtime Patriots fan since I was a little kid. And what you're hearing from Two Chains is the uh, stroke of jealousy right now. And all the success of my teams, but you know, you know let's put that to a side and congratulations <laughs> to the Black Hawks. Yeah, man. It was a, it was a great game tonight. Duncan Keith, uh, much deserved, got the Con Smythe trophy tonight. Um, so yeah, really, really great night here at our house. But what we're gonna hit you with tonight on the uh, this week's plus minus is the positives and the negatives of the recent WWE Money in the Bank pay per view. Minus, 
So, fellas, let's start with positive takeaways. Um, let's throw it to you first, Dr. M. What was something positive? And I know that we will get to the negatives very soon. Um, something positive you enjoyed about the show? I actually enjoyed a number of things about this show, but uh, to start with one, uh, I think once again, uh, Kevin Owens and John Cena uh, stole the show. I thought their match was excellent, and uh, particularly what happened after the match. I think uh, Kevin Owens has quickly become one of the, the top guys in WWE today. Yeah, I can I can second what you're saying. They had a really great match. I think I like the one at the Chamber pay-per-view a little bit more, but I agree with you. The ending was great. I think we're going to see this feud continue to SummerSlam. And uh, we heard Kevin Owens on Raw tonight call out John Cena wants to fight him for the United States Championship. So your prediction on previous episodes might come to fruition of him getting the title. Uh, any other positive commentary about the Cena-Owens match? Um... I have a, I have a great one. I'm happy. I wanted John Cena to win. You want to know why? Because I want to do a segment with Kevin Owens on the Cena monster. No, no, no. It's coming to fruition. Guess what? He challenged. He, he's trying to challenge John Cena for this United States title. Everyone knows you challenge, you're going to lose in a story. No, no. This is supposed to be the positive segment. Don't jinx your own segment. You gave a great prediction, and I 100% stand by by the booking of the match. Don't jinx it. Kevin Owens will be a star in, in, in the WWE. There's no doubt. The, I think you need to stand with your original prediction of him losing because of this was on a bigger platform than the Rush pay-per-view beforehand. I think it has nothing to do with him actually going up against John Cena. But nonetheless, this I think the WWE, and I could be wrong, but I think the WWE is going to start embracing where, the, where, where talent is coming from, such as their amateur and their indie, um, you know, their record and, and history. So, I don't think this is going to be something. I don't think this is going to be one of those guys, one of those Bray Wyatt guys in discussion. Don't don't jump the gun too quick. Oh, we're gonna I, we're I, gonna I, get I, to Bray Wyatt. I don't I don't think it's going to be a, a one of those Bray Wyatt guys. I just feel that it's it's kind of tough really getting over John Cena and to really that first match was just okay. Wow, I'm I'm introducing myself to the main roster, but let's be real. <laughs> he's not going to win this feud. He's going to look good in this feud, but he's not going to win it. But looking good against the top guy, not not just the top guy, but he's not only he's not only legitimately is the face. He's made the most Make a Wish Foundation. Um, he, he's contributed the most to the Make a Wish Foundation, and he is the highest person on their payroll. Looking good yeah. against that person always look good. I mean. For That's instance, not true because Bray Del- White, no. Bray White looked good against John Cena. He's still no, 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 But wait, no. wait, 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 wait
He tried his darndest. Did you see the meme of him? Did you see the meme of him when he tried to do it? Oh my god! Yeah, that was my positive point, but I had my backup for that because I knew somebody was going to end up calling that one out. (laughs) And it was all over Twitter and all over our our Twitter page. People were commenting saying like, "Wow, he has six moves actually." I just couldn't help but to laugh. But yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. All right, why don't, why don't we transition here? Um, I'm going to go ahead and call out the next positive of the night. I Thinking to the last decade or so, maybe the last 10, 15 years, I think really good, classic, long-standing ladder matches are few and far between. I think of Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho in 2008. I think of Jeff Hardy and CM Punk in 2009. I think they had, uh, them being Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, a classic ladder match. That was a great I, I match. Agree. I think it was I tremendous. Agree. It was well-paced. I think they gave them about 30 minutes. I really enjoyed the finish because I love when these guys have unresolved issues. Like, you could have these guys feud off and on for the next two, three years still, and I wouldn't get tired of it. It was a tremendous match. Dean looked great. Seth looked, you know, credible, but still heelish. Um, it was a great yeah. match. Uh, abs- absolutely. I, I, I just want to speak up on this. I just want to think that upon watching this match, there was no face and there was no heel. There was two competitors in there, and they put on the performance. Um, you cheer for the awesome spots. You cheer for, um, you know, the, 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 the damage around the ring. It was an awesome match. Definitely an instant classic. I... If anything, and as sad as this card was, if anything, I would be happy to find this card or, or to find this match years later. Like, wow, this match was really good on this terrible card. Sellers, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's throw it to you. Did you have any other positive takeaways from the Money in the Bank pay-per-view? Um, just to add to that, basically what you said about the class and match, the one thing that kept on bringing me back to when I saw this match was, you know, Brian Pillman and Stone Cold Steve Austin all over again, just for the type of characters <laughs> that we had, you know, with Seth Rollins and, and Dean Ambrose. I mean, you, you just saw two friends, or not just friends, because they're probably good friends outside of the room, and just competing against each other to tell a big story of a rivalry setting. You know, you got to say this is one, like you changed to him, like you said, Aaron, you know, it's one of the classic rivalries that you'll never forget. I mean, there was even points of you thought, oh, man, Dean Ambrose is under a ladder. He's under some chairs. He's not going to get up. And all of a sudden, he's fighting off and getting up to the top of the ladder. Yeah. And, and that just made the match so That was my favorite part of the match. Yeah, but, but, all right. So, I, now, here's here's my question for you. Does, does, does it... I saw the match. I thought it was a great match. It was absolutely a great match. But does it take away from the fact that we have seen this match so many times before? No. No, no. no. And the reason why they had the clean finish to this match for once. And, and on top of that, we have never seen this match. Those are not super, like, luchadors. They're not, you know, those are medium-sized wrestlers. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll consider them like having they perform. Put their body on the line. They put the big high risk moves, um, the powerful moves. Like we've never seen this match. 
Absolutely. And um, I, I guess that's just, it's not just WWE period or wrestling period. It's just the fact of like in sports period, like more hybrid athletes are coming into the league and they're making the sport uh, evolve. And you're looking at these two, who's are direct products of the MST brand, put on a top tier match. So I mean, there's no way you've seen this match. It's not. No, I mean, but my thing is, the simple. It's, it's not the simple fact that we haven't seen this match. It's the simple fact that we have seen this rivalry dating back to last year. So it's it's kind of like, even though we finally got a clean finish, it's, it's kind of like I've seen this before. I want to see something new a little bit. I well, guess. I guess. I guess after a while. You know, you got to just let go of, you know, who, what, what's the storyline after point? Because, yes, the storyline in WWE is, is infamous for for making story storylines stand for an extensive period of time. It's like the Brock, the Brock storyline is about to go for probably another year now. You, you just kind of forget that. It's just the fact that after a while, you look from a year, a year ago to where they're at now, are the matches still feeling the same way? You still feel refreshed when you watch it. Like, when we watch this match, just think about this. You watch the match as much as you did not like it. As much as, like, I don't know if you liked the tag team match before this, but as much as you maybe not agreed with that match, or maybe did like that match, did it keep you up for 50 minutes afterwards to watch that match fully through? And I remember myself exactly about to doze off right before the primetime players won the, the, the championship. And I was looking like, you know, the promo, the promo skills has evolved. So I was like, wow, like WWE, like they, they're putting money into the promo, like for real, for real now. Mm-hmm. And then like going through the match, I just I, I just felt like, like, let me sit up. I'm not about to fall asleep on this. This 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 match feels good. It feels good, but they know them. It looks good. It will make me a fan. And knowing them, knowing this, like, look, this is pure talent, work, everything about it. Like, that's match of the night. Absolutely. And you even got to think about feuds like Shawn Michaels, Triple H, even though they've been on the same side, they've been on the opposite side. That feud lasts, you know, for five to seven years and really still ongoing, depending on which avenues they take it. I mean, they did it with The Undertaker. They did it with other superstars. So, I mean, great, great feuds. Like you said, they can go back and forth during different times and still pick up where it left off and still be good, still be fresh. I, I can tell you that one thing that us fans do not like is a feud that has no build. So, I'd rather appreciate that than Bray Wyatt comes comes out a month before challenging the Undertaker and we're like, whoa, where where is that because did you have the audacity to go straight to the top? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'd rather I, have this repetitive mm-hmm. over and over. I, so my thing is I understand it, but from the moment get go, we all knew that this was just a filler feud. It, it, it had it was no point to this feud from the get go. So I guess that's that's why my interest, the match was great, but my interest in the feud itself was kind of low. But it still jerked us, though, even with the dusty finish. Still rest in peace of dusty rolls. Yeah, for sure. All right. I mean, Bryce, you make, Bryce, you make, you definitely make a great point. I get what you're saying, but that, I, I think, like, that's where the gives us for reasons, like, look, let's, let's, put, let's put the feud or the storyline aside just for a little bit. And let's look at the magic that's going on in the ring. And let's appreciate that the creative team can't put together a good story. And the the mic work can't corroborate with that story. But the talent speaks for itself. Now, do you appreciate that? Absolutely. 
Dwayne, you want to tack anything onto that before we move on? Oh, I mean, no. I mean, like I said, it was it was a great match. I, it was a great match. I think it's probably you know saying the best match of the night, if not tied for the best match of the night. I just know that my interest in the feud itself was low because I already knew it was just a filler feud until Roman Reigns goes to that level or Brock Lesnar comes back. I knew that's what it was. Yeah. I mean that's tough when you when you have the rumors of Brock, you know, he's gonna come back on Raw, which he did tonight. You kinda saw where it was going, but they definitely had me believing that Dean could do it. I could see him being champion one day for sure. Um, and I think if and if they accomplished anything great through this little rehash of this feud is that it made Dean seem like more of a contender and he cut a good promo with Kane backstage tonight to yeah. that effect on Raw. Um did I, I want to mark out for this too before the match they had a backstage segment where um, Seth Rollins was kind of get hyped up by the authority um, mm -hmm. did anybody else chuckle at the double entendre of Triple H yelling show him to Seth Rollins think about Seth Rollins Seth, Seth Rollins cell phone controversy from a couple months ago Right, right. Uh, I, uh, I actually missed that part because I was trying to fast forward through some point trying to catch up because I was on a, my, my own tape delay. So I definitely missed it. I need to go check back and see that part. I gotcha. I just, I just, uh, I get it. Three hours later. Here, two chain, two chain, start over, man. You're cutting out. Two chains, start over. You're cutting out. Oh, I just, oh, I just say I just want to give a shout out to the people on the website that was hyped this book. Uh, Raw legit starts three hours later than the East Coast, and I had to, uh, I was trying to catch up with my boys. So I just realized like, oh, it's not gonna work. So I'm gonna end up watching tomorrow. Yeah, that's. I wonder if those guys, those guys on the West Coast, get stuff spoiled from them by Twitter when they're trying to watch Raw on the delay. I wonder how that works out there. Works. There's no questions. Yeah, that stinks. Um, hey, hey Raw. Yo. Real, real quick, because uh, I know you about to transition from the positive. I just want to say that I think the WWE does a great job manipulating the cards based on other things that can snatch attention uh, that's viewing on TV or pay per view. I feel like they map their card out in the in the sense to um, in coordinates with the um, NBA playoff game. Let me. Can I ask you? Can I ask you a question about that? Because I was at the um, I was at the Cubs game. I didn't watch Money in the Bank until after the Cubs game last night. Did they yeah. have the Kevin Owens Cena match during halftime of the finals? Yes, it was. It was like it was like halftime going in the third, which is perfect because as an NBA fan. I, this is how I view a game. First game, the first quarter, I was like, you know, how many points is going to go into the first quarter? Second quarter, I don't care. Halftime, I don't really watch. Third quarter, I don't watch until like about seven minutes left. Who goes on the spree? And then about fourth quarter, it's like, now who really wants to win the game? Yeah. And they mapped it out basically on my philosophy where the, the uh, Kevin Owens and John Cena came on and the end of halftime going in third. And I was just like, this is brilliant. <laughs> just like, I just always feel like they always have had their skills on. They, they, they are never intimidated by what else is on TV. TV. They map it out in the sense of that, which is why we got the ladder match first. We got Kevin Owens 
then we got the tag team match, and then we got the Seth Rollins match, which I thought was brilliant. Almost you, and I didn't miss anything. You know what's funny is they, they did the same thing tonight during game six of the Stanley Cup. During the first intermission was when you had the Kevin Owens um, promo spot. And then he yep. wrestled um, Dolph Ziggler. And then the second intermission, they had the Roman Reigns Bray Wyatt spot. So they tried to work in some big segments into the intermissions of the Stanley Cup tonight, too. I, I noticed that um, when I was watching tonight, too. I, I guess I guess from a, a wrestling fan point of view, creative, if you guys are the people that map out the timing and the placement of the matches, be sorry for slandering y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but if you guys are your own entity, we need to know. If y'all are called the scheduling crew, then we praise y'all because y'all do a y'all do a good job, PG thirteen. <laughs> if y'all part of the creative team, need, y'all need yes, exactly. If y'all part of the creative team, y'all need your own entity because the creative team is dropping the ball over and over and over. But the scheduling team, y'all always be <laughs> Good shout outs. Good shout outs. All right, um, D Wayne, I'm not gonna make you hold back anymore. Let's transition to the negatives. <laughs> So, d we're going to start with you. I, I know you had a lot to say. What was your biggest... I one more positive. Oh, okay. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Randy Orton for that RKO you gave me yesterday. Oh, yes. I loved it. Oh, yeah. So, so d what was your biggest gripe of the whole pay-per-view? <sighs> That's tough. That is so tough. I know mine. Yeah, I know um, mine too. I guess, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. What'd you say? My biggest gripe about the whole pay per view was the pay per view itself. Exp- um, explain. <laughs> and I, I'll be explaining to you this. First of all, your money in the bank match. Oh, gosh. Know, with you know the the pay-per-view is called Money in the Bank. Your money in the bank matches first. Granted, I guess they decided to pay it first, but first of all, Sheamus that's just right that's the number one negative right there. Sheamus. <laughs> Why? Why are you but, doing this to anyway, But you know what? You you know what? As much as I hated it, as much as I ran it, as much as I tweeted about it, about how much I, I, I disliked it, woke up this morning and I was like, you know what? It makes I don't sense. like feeling like a fool. It does. I like feeling dumb sometimes. But, but my thing is, we, should, we shouldn't have felt dumb because we knew that he was going to win money in the bank in the first place I mean, just because he got no. that big push. No, no, it. no. Not one person I know. <laughs> And any, no, nobody at night could put any money on him because everybody ruled him out because of the uh, because of his um act in teenage music ninja turtles. Was kind of nobody benefit. No, nobody. So the reason why I didn't one, you remember that first, when he first came when he first came back out, and I said, oh, he might win money to bake this because his big his look and uh and that big push he's trying to get right now is a heel. It, it it wasn't surprising to me. It, it made me mad because I'm like, why? Yeah, I mean, I I get that 
here's where I think they're going with it. Um, I think what they're going to do is have Brock take the title off of Rollins maybe at SummerSlam. I don't think they do it at this July pay-per-view. And then I think that's a good way to get the title off of Brock so he's not keeping your title off TV forever. Have Sheamus cash in on him after a hard match. And then you've got a nice built-in program there. I would love to see a Sheamus-Brock Lesnar match at some point. You could put that on a big pay-per-view. But you know what I hated about the way they did it? Every Bray Wyatt feud starts with him coming out and beating somebody down randomly for no reason at all. And it was like they had the promo segment, which like was kind of coherent on Raw tonight. Like I, I think that he's mad at Roman Reigns because he's the chosen one, even though he the authority's against him. So storyline kayfabe wise, not really. Um, yeah. Hey, look, this is, and I'm going to say this in one time, one time only. Bray Wyatt is probably the Cena monster. This is why he has no direction. Got my boy. Got my boy. I told you this. I told you this because what happened was, here we go. Like you said, Aaron. Okay, Bray Wyatt, we're gonna start your feud. We're gonna mess up a great match, and we're gonna have you get in the feud. And you're just gonna knock out that person so you start the feud. You're gonna win the feud, and then we're not gonna have nothing for you. But but here's this wonderful butcher's apron that you can wear when you start the feud. I like it. I like it. I think they're gonna have a good match. But I just at this point, the only logical way that Bray Wyatt can ever be taken serious is if he and the family comes back together. That's the only way I can take a series right now. You know what was further, what, what I hated about it, was that he he knocks Roman Reigns off the ladder. He kind of grabs the ladder and shoves him off. Wouldn't it have been interesting to have Bray Wyatt go up and grab the briefcase? Thank you. I would have every, 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 everybody, everybody was with that angle. And that's, and that's just all the more reason why, like, the shame is winning. I... I I mean, I don't agree with it. Don't get me wrong, but it's just like it was just that more like wow because it's just like everybody seen like oh well, you know one flip out to the side of the ring. How is New Day with full stamina knocked out forever? They would sleep, you know. And <laughs> it went night night. Yeah, you, you know what? Matter of fact, I'm taking this moment over to talk about my nickname. I hate the fact that these money bank ladder matches are based upon one-on-one matches. Whoever's in the ring is the highlight of the fight. If you are outside the ring, it doesn't exist. Man, I, I, couldn't, like, I couldn't agree with you more on that. There was one part where, like, who, who murdered Kofi on the ladder at one point? In the corner Roman there? Reigns, yeah, Roman Reigns. Yeah, like, Roman. Kofi got murdered, and Roman. then, like, Neville or Dolph Ziggler got murdered, and then... Someone was about to go up and get the thing, and then, like, Kofi comes right back in, whereas we hadn't seen Randy Orton in, like, six minutes. It's just such—I agree with you. It's just, like, this one-on-one spot fest. Like, why not just have four guys in the match? I would be way more interested in that. Because half the guys exactly. they had in there, like we talked about in our preview, you knew they weren't going to win. Look, the matter is, if you're in the ring, it's your time to shine. If you're outside the ring, take a— so check out the at BGB group on Twitter. You will see a big rant 
Um, what is going? Like, I literally like if you if you go back on the WWE Network from nine ninety nine, I'm gonna promote it, and you just watch that whole <laughs> match over. And just don't watch what's in the ring. Watch outside the ring. I swear you would get the biggest laugh of your life. I literally watched Randy on the side of the steps. He looked at the Titan Tron and he's like, all right, I guess it's my time to go in. I'm just like, I saw that. I I saw that too. You was the, like, you was a heavy, you was the heavyweight champion. Like, we know you're, you're top tier. Ain't no splash out on the top of you with eight people afflicting the damage at once gonna put you out for 10 minutes yeah <laughs> like like <laughs> i understand that they want to make their money from the kids but please sell us as adults that this makes sense I, hey, yeah. hey, look. let's go back to the prime issue at hand shame is winning the, the, the um the gates i have a big issue with it i don't want to see shameless anywhere near the title no way. Hey um Dr. M, let's get you in there, man. Can you moving on yes, from sir. the uh, from the ladder match, um, were there any other big negatives that you took away from Money in the Bank? Uh well I, I do need to add something to the ladder match for for a moment, but I will say that uh Probably another big negative, uh, in addition to that, would have to be the Divas division. Uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't understand the Divas division anymore. I, it is completely unclear where they're going with this, uh, this storyline. Um, you know, Paige gets beat up every week. Uh, all the other Divas just stand backstage and sort of stare at the monitor. You don't know if the Um, Bellas are heel or babyface. Yeah, right. So uh, it seems like there was like a couple months where the Divas had some momentum going, and I don't know where it went. And because I don't know where it went, um, and, you know, I'm someone who, you know, loves to support the Divas. I, you know, growing up in the Attitude Era, like we all did, you know, the Divas of Trish and Lita, like I'm dying to see stuff like that again. And, uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to get it. Can I, but, can I, Can I ask you a question? During that match, and this is to everybody, could you guys hear Paige like super loudly and audibly calling the spots in that match the entire time, or was that just me? No. One time she does that every match. One it time was bad. Nikki, and I heard her say, Are you okay? And I was like, Oh. And I like, at this point, I was like, Am I too loud? I'm going to just tune it out because I'm already feeling like I don't like it. It was like I heard her call out like a turnbuckle spot and like. It was the Cena match, I think, was the other one I heard a lot of spots called in, too, man. It was driving me nuts. They got to, like, figure out their ring miking issues or something, or people got to be quiet. I don't know. But to add something to Money in the Bank match, um, like everybody else, I was perplexed by a lot of things that happened in that match. But with Sheamus winning, Sheamus is the guy who was either the last or second to last in the elimination chamber a couple of weeks ago and did nothing spectacular in that match, got obliterated by Ryback. And two weeks later, he's the money, Mr. Money in the Bank. Yeah. Uh, don't understand that at all. And then, you know, the Bray Wyatt thing with Roman Reigns, like back at WrestleMania, everybody was booing him. 
And <laughs> past couple of months, he just started to get some momentum. There were more and more people cheering him. It, you know, you didn't hear the boos as much as we did for WrestleMania 31. So then we put him against Bray Wyatt, who always gets cheered despite the fact that I guess he's supposed to be a heel. And, uh, yeah. Where's that going to go? <laughs> like, it would have made more that, sense. That, 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 yeah. That I, I think that was the most horrible move out of Money in the Bank to put Roman Reigns, who finally had a little bit of momentum against somebody that the fans are going to cheer regardless of whether he's heel or face. They, they could. You know what? Yeah. I, I just have a simple question. Dial the line. We're all gentlemen. We all are above angels. And I just want to know the gesture that Nikki, I mean, Bree made of the toilet paper. Oh, yeah. That, that, that sent some teenage girls back a couple. Ooh, you're dealing with some issues on that one. Yeah, insecurity. When you want, yeah, when you want to talk about issues that I mean, or situations that do not make sense, like yes, Bray is just. I mean, even though Bray is a likable heel, I guess right because we're, you know, when you're not sure, it's I guess or what am I saying? Like, what what sense does that make? And the Bree, the uh, Bella twins, we don't know what they are, so it's like, what's going on? But the whole gestures she made because I'm not going to go into it too much. I, I'm going to keep I'm going to keep some words out of it. But what is the, what is that portraying? Because that that was a big spot that depending on where you was born and how old you are, blah, blah, blah. You may have took that a couple of different ways. What in the world went on? Great areas. Two chains. Let me add to that because this is a conversation we had when we concluded our Dusty special, and you made a great point. And I know uh, Aaron talked about you wanted to talk about this at a later point, maybe on a future episode. But one thing that WWE is trying to portray, like what are they talking about the identity of racism when it comes to uh, gender issues? Uh, for example, mm-hmm. when we were talking about the tough enough contestants. Look at every single male contestant that they spotlight. Look at every single female contestant mm-hmm. that they spotlighted. And you said it too, James. All the males look like they've taken steroids when the WWE is trying to get away from steroids. Mm-hmm. Or all the women have fake boobs, you know, or not, you know, enlarged boobs um, through surgeries or whatever you want to call it, you know, for mm-hmm. the sensitive about that subject. So if you think about that now and you're going to reverse that, oh, I'm taking toilet tissue out, you know, and doing that gesture, it's like you're kind of saying, okay, WWE, you're trying to be mainstream. You're trying to be PG. You're trying to get a whole lot of, you know, positive energy from your Make-A-Wish foundations. But then you have this issue that a lot of girls, especially in their teenage, and, and I teach at a high school level, that have a lot of insecurity issues, especially from the adolescent age, from 14 to 17, about the size of how they are, how they look. Do they feel like they need to get a nose job? Do they feel like they need to change how they look with the earrings? Or especially, do I need to enlarge my private areas to make it more appealing to, to another uh, gender that, that that brings a whole lot of issues, and you're gonna have a lot of insecure girls to feed and off of that. Hey, we, we, we're I just, just want to say a little bit too political here. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just want to I just want to say as a group, I don't I'm not gonna touch on this much because I feel like we definitely have a lot we could cover here. But I just want to say that you're absolutely right. There's too many mixed signals going on with that because um, as an adult. I've been a fan as a kid, and I've seen, I, like I said, I've, I've grown through the attitude era, so I know who was there, and I'm seeing how they, you know, I, I guess revolutionized through a more appealing family-oriented crowd, 
And that gesture right there, it means just as much as me flicking my hand under my chin. It's just like, you may not know what that was then, or you may know what it was then, but you may not know what it was now. It's just like, what does it mean? And I do not approve of gestures made that have no clarity in society, especially something that's very, very questionable. And let, and let me add to this, and, and Aaron, I'm transitioning here, but it's basically all what 2 chains brought up. And once again, if this is political and everything, I'm, and somebody doesn't like it, I'm sorry. But, but let's think about this for a second. Another negative I had was dealing with the primetime players winning the tag team belts. Now, granted, the primetime players had a great time when they had their initial bring together before Darren got hurt. And then we brought them back and had little vignettes on SmackDown Raw before they even got back on TV during the Elimination Chamber time. Now, you take the belts off the New Day, which is probably your hottest heel team right now, and put them on the New Day. I mean, put them on primetime players. Okay, I understand that. But let's look at the timing when it happened. June 14th was Sunday. If you're from the Washington, D.C. area, a very important parade just happened. Very good point. And if you're dealing with the Father's Day that's coming up, and what you saw, Roman Reigns had some promos about Father's Day, and Titus O'Neil went Father of the Year, what are you trying to say here? I'm not trying to you know, feed any hands or trying to speak for anybody, but look at that. It's, it's too coincidental for me, and I did not like that. You stole the show right there. You stole the show, absolutely. For everybody that has no clue what he's talking about, um, National uh, Washington, D.C., the DMV area, as we call it, celebrated Pride Week. And um, the second gesture but beyond that is Father's Day. So you give, um, you give Titus O'Neil, who was... Um, awarded what was that? What was it called? Was it was a was it father? Celebrity, celebrity father, celebrity father of the year, I think. Right, right, right. That's and um, Darren Young, as we know, who um, I don't want to be inappropriate, but um, announced to the world of his uh, sexuality. Right. I think sometime last year, and he makes a great point. Like, there's no reason why it should be so cliche. And this is why I feel like this is a great topic. I brought it up <laughs> on some on, I, okay. I brought up some on topic discussion. I just feel like this is the topic we should bring up. It's, 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 it's not that we have, everybody has a problem with it, but we just have a lot we can debate and we would like to get the fans to listen to. Especially no Nobel Okay, so my thing is, I'm going to say it's one of the ones for all. Of course, it's cliche. You want to know why? Because it brings good pub to the company. Yeah. First of all, you have the celebrity father of the year. Why not highlight them? Again, you're trying to build this family atmosphere. Again, and you're also trying to, one, one, have you noticed? He's a black man, and black men normally have the stereotype of not being there for their kids. Now, if you highlight that, guess what? Not only you're highlighting a black man, you're highlighting a black father. Two, with the whole probably, guess that's coincidence and stuff. But again, why not have? Why not have it? So you know that from the from the get go that the higher ups are very into the politics of stuff. So you know the McMahon's are very much Republicans. So you know that. In order to, you know, add, get votes, especially in the upcoming election, you know they're going to have to, they're going to, you're going to see more of this type of stuff in order to make people think, make families think about who they want to vote for in the upcoming election. So, 
I, I guess my problem is we're not talking about Kmart here. We're talking about a billion dollar <laughs> do- company here that you know has representations, sponsors everywhere. There's no reason to be cliche about this type of actions and movements. And it's just like I, I deem it to be unprofessional to be at this tier of a company to do stuff like that. That's my issue that I have for that debate. In that comment that we have up there, I don't. I'm not going to give too much today because I'm going to send it all. But that—that's my debate. Well, it's I, no I, I You know, I'm gonna be sure with you. I don't have an issue with it. You want to know why? Because you know what they say: any pub is good pub. Yeah, you, you're not wrong you're there. About it. I'm gonna. You're I'm gonna kind of. Right now, so it's good pub. I'm gonna put a bow on this one. Um, I I totally didn't read into it the way you guys did. You guys have totally different backgrounds and uh geographic life experiences to me but that is an incredibly interesting topic one that we should definitely pursue in uh more depth on future podcasts on that tag match the part that i was more upset about was that the primetime players won so quickly i would have liked to see them maybe chase for the titles a little bit longer but um i don't have a problem with it i'm a fan of darren young i'm a fan of titus o'neill um that very very interesting insight though on that i hadn't even begun to consider any of those factors there um kind of putting a bow on on the negatives um i think just in the in the texting that our group's done in the facebooking we we do a lot of facebook messaging between the five of us uh for those of you that don't know us just about wrestling on day to day i didn't enjoy the show as a whole overall as much as i wish i could have i thought the main event was great I thought Owens and Cena was great. Um, the tag match was pleasant. Um, would what, Let's go through and give our grades, I guess, on the show. Uh, let's start with you, Dr. M. Um, you know, I, I, uh, at the end of the show, I, I wasn't upset at the show as a whole. I mean, there was definitely stuff I didn't like, but... Uh, honestly, I thought the, the level of work, like the work ethic that the whole show was uh, pretty spot on, uh, pretty top notch. And so um, I'd probably give this uh, um, probably a high C. Okay. What about you, uh, uh, Silly Sellers? What, what do you think? I, I, will, I will put it as a C or a C minus as well. Um, and I'll say this, I don't mean it to be as a negative, but... I wish the ladder match didn't end the way it did, and this is between Seth and Dean. Uh, due to the fact is, I think <laughs> this is going to be funny for me. Uh, Vince is trying to bring the XFL back to WWE <laughs> because you have now have the Calvin Johnson rule in WWE now because they're going to change this. Oh ladder. my gosh! <laughs> you have to have two hands and possession with both feet on the mat in order to have that title in your hands they, and, and I think they're going to go in that direction because I mean like you said the high matches I mean the good matches were the high points the other matches were the very low matches I don't even want to talk about those um, so just a bona fide C but I just think it's funny that Vince Man has brought the XFL back to uh, WWE <laughs> they better they, they better get Des Bryant in there to be the special enforcer if they let those two go again yes. that's all I gotta say about that and speaking of Des Bryant and Cowboy fans uh D Wayne, what would your grade be for the pay per view? I'm not really happy with days right now. <laughs> you paid a man. Yeah, they pay should pay man. him. Look, 
I'm doing it. He he he's getting paid more money on a one year franchise tag. Oh my god, you're not a real fan talking some franchise tag. Look, play. Just go ahead and sign the contract. No, and play. lock <laughs> lock, lock y'all. Play. Give him We're getting way 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 off way off way off. D Wayne, grade for the Money in the Bank pay per view. <laughs> Um, to be honest with you, I'm going to grade this an F. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> I, I have a lot of experience. One, the, the whole Seamus thing really just <laughs> set the... You're really upset down. about that. I'm really upset, yes. Um, True. I mean... It was it went from like a fifty to all the way down to about a a ten. Then when I saw the, the Cena Kevin Owens match, it went back up to a fifty. Then it went back down to a ten because all the other matches was horrible. Then you got the ladder match. We bring it back up to a fifty. So it gets ass. All right. All right. Um, two chains up straight on the West Coast. What do you think? <sighs> Uh, I, this is gonna be my last segment. If, uh, if y'all continue on my raw, but um, unlike Dwayne and his Cowboys, us Panthers, we play, we pay our players. So shout out to Cam Newton. But um, <laughs> this show, see how it goes Thanksgiving night. Yeah, yeah. We'll see them for sure. We'll see them. But um, on a numerical um, grade, I'm giving it a 4.5 out of 10. I think it was horrible um, endings of almost every match. Um, the Kevin Owens and John Cena, I would give. I, I, I'm not really a, a split. I mean, I'm not really a, a fan of a split uh, one and one in the saga. I mean, I know it has to work that way, but I'm really not a fan, depending on how the matches were ended. But I'm not a fan of how the um, Seth Rollins match ended, how the tag team title match ended because it was too short. I'm not a fan of the Divas match, and I'm definitely not a fan of the Money in the Bank. I'm not a fan of none of the endings. So, um, considering the work done in the match is the only reason why I'm even giving it a four a 4.5 because of Seth Rollins and uh, Dean Ambrose and as well as uh, Kevin Owens and John Cena. Other than that, um, this is definitely a 4.5 out of 10 for me. That's all. That's 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 all. No leniency at, at, at any means. I think I would um I would rate it just a shade higher than whatever I gave Elimination Chamber. I think I like this one just a little bit more. I feel like I gave Chamber a five, so I'll give this one a six. I should subtract three off of that because I don't know if you guys noticed or not, there were three schmaz endings to matches between the main event, between the ladder match and the Divas match. That's three schmaz endings, and it was just exactly it was getting a little bit old, and I. I think the WWE's mid-card is getting a little bit exposed. You look at that awful Intercontinental Championship chamber match that we just had. You look at that sort of passable tag team chamber match we had. And then you look at the uh, what I consider to be a pretty poor Money in the Bank ladder match that opened this show. I think a lot of the mid-card and some of these guys that haven't been on the roster very long are starting to get exposed a little bit when... They're the primary composition of some of these multi-man gimmick matches. So um, I'm hoping we don't see any more giant gimmick matches for a while. I mean, I guess we won't until the sell pay-per-view, but um, that's just something to consider there. I think the mid-card 
they need to start to protect these guys in the way they book and set those matches up a little bit more because they're starting to get exposed. But um, right, I I think I'm just I'm gonna say is my final note for the night before I gotta go. Um, one thing is nobody has brought up the Big Show Ryback match. That's how you know how bad it was. Right. Like nobody even cared. But the fact the fact of the matter is, as fans, everybody, and not just us, because we, you know, none of us are, you know, butt buddies. We don't agree with everything we say all the time. Any of us our Twitter fans, everybody has their own view. But everybody can't agree that as fans, we want the refs to call it straight down the middle. Mm-hmm. So the fact that the the Bella um, Nikki Bella and the Page match did not end in a disqualification match, but actually got automatically reset it without the bell ringing and it went and it went back. Everybody's like, "How is that possible?" And then I guess it's a slap in the face. You look back at the um, Dean Ambrose and um, Seth Rollins match from the last yep. review, like, "Whoa, whoa!" Yep. But y'all, y'all executed it that time, but not this time. Like, yep. come on now, like don't play with us. We're like you have an adult fan base too. A lot of us. I like to give benefit of the doubt or educate or at least smart enough to grasp the concept of what we're watching. And you're, you're just basically stepping in the space like, like, look, this is what's happening. Take it. Nobody wants to deal with that. Yeah. I, I was thinking the same thing, man. I'm glad you said it. Um, well, that's going to wrap up the, um, the plus minus segment for the week. Stay tuned, fans. Just one character 
that he just brings and puts his heart into, I think that's the issue. I'm not doubting his wrestling skills. I'm not doubting his promo skills. I'm doubting his ability to really take a character far to make it believable, to make it as he it's himself. So, and that's what I believe that WWE feels that. I feel that they don't see that in him, which is why he's always going to hit this mid-card ceiling. So, absolutely no. I do not believe him. And anybody else who says they believe Cody Rhodes is crazy. Well, I can attest to that because I can give you a of why I do believe in Cody Rhodes. And I tell you, he will be a great WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Let's take a second and let's think about another character that was in the same situation early in his career. Didn't have an identity, had multiple identities as character, and still is one of the greatest of all time. And we're talking about Mick Foley. Now, he had Cactus Jack, he had Mankind, and he had Dude Love. And it's like the first time you can see Mick Foley had three different characters that all worked for him at different points that brought out his charisma. Now, let's look at Cody Rose. Like you said, D-Wayne, he started out with the legacy with Ted DiBiase and uh, Randy Orton. And at that time, we all thought Ted DiBiase was going to be the golden boy. He had the ultimate push. He was in the title matches. Remember, he was in the Elimination Chamber match at that time, in which you thought he might have had a chance to show why he could be that next one. But who was the one that still remained? Cody Rhodes. Yeah, he was with Hardcore Holly, and, 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 I, and I mentioned this before, how he got rubbed off on the Alabama Slam. Yeah, he was under Randy Orton. But let's think about the three main characters after that stage where he was individualized on his own. First, he had the dashing Cody Rhodes gimmicks, and those were probably the best vignettes you were ever seen in WWE TV when he was on SmackDown about those grooming tips or how to stay pretty. I mean, it worked for him. He sold it to the team. Then after that, he transitioned to his heel portion, which he was a darker heel. Uh, 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 oh, my gosh. And even Dr. M saw me how I marked out when he came out with his theme music, how I worked with his gimmick, and he actually got a big pay-per-view win, a WrestleMania moment win, against Rey Mysterio. And then when he became his own, just regular Cody Rhodes, he was by himself, but then regenerated or rejuvenated what that Intercontinental Championship means. He even brought the old classic belt back, and I don't think anybody that has the classic belt of the Intercontinental Championship wore and promoted it like he did. He's the one that brought back what it means to be a mid-card champion, and that's the same thing Mick Foley did. Now, the same thing that you said, Dwayne. Cody Rose has a little thing. Okay, can he stick with one character? Is he good? Is this Stardust going to work out? But yet, he still brought the best out of that gimmick. Like, even when he was talking about the galaxies and how he came out with his intros, he made it work. It's like, whatever you do with this guy, whatever is a gimmick, it works. But the only thing WWE is they're afraid of trying to give him that brass ring where they could grab because they don't know how successful he can be. Just like I said, just like with Mankind. When Mankind won it, that skyrocketed his career. That became a Hall of Fame career. Then you had the Rock and Sock connection. Then you had a multiple-time champion with Mick Foley. And he even had classic matches with great wrestlers. I mean, even at WrestleMania 28 when he wrestled the Big Show, I mean, the Big Show can't carry matches anymore. Cody Rhodes' charisma carried that match and made Big Show have his WrestleMania moment. That's why I feel like even though Cody's still young, I think about 29, and all respect to his dad just passing, I don't think we should give him the title just because of that. But if you give Cody Rhodes a chance, I guarantee you he will be a good WWE World Heavyweight Champion. And so I'm going to counter that and say that, yes, like I said, he when he has a character, he takes it and runs with it. But my thing is, and I like that comparison that you have with Matt Kai. 
but at the end of the day, they allowed Mick Foley to be Mick Foley. And I don't think that we will ever see Cody Rhodes just be Cody Rhodes. And that's, that's, and that's the issue that, and this is probably why I don't, I don't see Cody Rhodes in any of the characters that he has ever played. Can I just jump on that? Yes. Yeah. Wayne, I think that, uh, you know, as has been said, any any character that Cody Rhodes runs with it, and, and I agree with you that uh, a lot of his gimmicks, while they've been great, you, you wonder, like, how far you can go with them, right? Because I think Stardust needs to go. That That isn't really working anymore. And, you know, I was a big fan, much like uh, Silly Salas, of uh, Cody Rhodes' dark gimmick, especially uh, when he wrestled uh, Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania 27. Um, I thought he was at his best there, but now that I think about it, I just wonder how far he could have taken that gimmick. But I, I still believe in Cody Rhodes, especially now, because, as you said, D-Wayne, you know, he hasn't been allowed to be Cody Rhodes yet, but I think if they're going to allow him to be Cody Rhodes, now is the perfect time to do it. Um, obviously, with uh, Dusty Rhodes just passing um, a few days ago, you know that somewhere on that WWE 15, somebody is pondering capitalizing on it. I mean, look at what they did with Rey Mysterio when Eddie Guerrero passed. Absolutely. You know, and uh, it just makes me wonder if now is the time to uh, do something special with Cody Rhodes. And, okay, so I understand the part, but I'm going to counter and say that they won't do anything with Cody Rhodes right now. I believe that they have too much time and energy investment to other superstars, new upcoming superstars, that Cody Rhodes is going to get lost in the mix. Hence, I see Cody Rhodes being nothing but another Dolph Ziggler-like. Maybe get a chance in there, but won't won't be anything more than another hard worker. Dwayne, let me ask you this: If you compare him to be another Dolph Ziggler, like, can you say that one day, maybe within the next two years, if they roll the ball the right way and, like Doctor M said, maybe capitalizing off this dusty, uh, I don't want to say angle, but unfortunate death um, to his father, and how did that Ray Mysterio in comparison to Eddie Guerrero? Can he use that to possibly be next year's Money in the Bank champion and maybe just have, if it's only a short term for a month, be the WWE World Heavyweight Champion? Is it possible? He's only 29. He's going to be 32. No. No. And I'm going to tell you why. And I I hate to say this. This is the part I hate to say. But I honestly believe that the, that the, um, that the, the money in the bank when it's already known. And it's, it's to me, it's kind of obvious right now that Kevin Owens is going to win next year's money in the bank. Um, so that's why I don't, there's too much energy invested into other people for Cody Rhodes to get shot. Yeah, I, I, think that's a, I think I think it's a, it's a good point, and, you know, the more I keep thinking about this, you know, I'm not going to waver from believing in Cody Rhodes, but a lot of that belief 
is sort of dependent on, as Dwayne is suggesting, like what's happening with other people. Because the fact of the matter is, if you sort of compare Cody Rose right now to, let's say, Kevin Owens, he's going to get outshined by Kevin Owens. I mean, that's just the fact of the matter. And I imagine, you know, a lot, some of the other people coming up from NXT might do the same thing. Maybe not. But uh, I think it's a matter of Cody being in the right place at the right time. I'll say this. If they're going to do anything with Cody Rhodes, and granted, sometimes the biggest things in people's life happen with sacrifices. This is the time you do that. If you want Cody Rhodes to be Cody Rhodes, if you want to see what he really has, if you want to see the passion that it comes out in his charisma, in his promos, in his wrestling, next year he's going to do it all for his dad. And like I said, next year this time it's going to be around where Money in the Bank is and it's going to be the one-year anniversary on his death. What better gimmick would you have than having this guy win Money in the Bank on the anniversary of his father's death? I'm just saying. I know, and I know that the the feeling behind it, the emotional feeling that would it would be amazing to see that. I just don't see it happening because one, that means investing time into someone else in which they I feel like they already have their mind of people to to invest it in. And to add someone else, especially right now, I believe it's probably one or two more people on NXT that's way on a way higher priority than Cody Rhodes. So it's it's depending on other people. Do I think that Cody Rhodes can win a title? He can win a title, maybe hold it for a month or two. But as far as really having long term success and me believing in him personally, I just can't see it. I can I don't believe in him. Okay, let me let me ask this D Wayne and like I said we don't want to make this too long. And I, we can let you end it with this question. And, and Dr. M, if you want to add to it, we can do that. If he has the ultimate view to push him over, like Dolph Ziggler kind of had with John Cena, but maybe he'll be on that crush files that you're going to do. But if, if Cody is going to have that ultimate view, he kind of teased it with authority when his father and Goldust, you know, got fired and brought the jobs back. Who is that one feud he can have that could possibly get him over to be a contender or at least thought about, okay, this guy could be a world champion? Who's that Who's that feud? Who's that magical feud? Because he's going to have to be a face when he returns. It's no question. So, at this point, hmm. and that's a, that's a very good question. At this point, it's only one person that can, that can really do something for him and to, pro- to prepare him to make It's only one person and he's not going to see that person anytime soon. And that's Seth Rollins. That's the only person that can elevate him right That's now. what I was thinking. That's exactly that's who, who I was thinking. And he's not going to see him anytime soon so that's something we won't have to worry about because Seth Rollins is going to be tied up with Brock Lesnar. He's going to eventually see Sheamus. He's going to eventually see maybe Dean Ambrose one more time and He's, he's going to see Kane one time, and he's going to see Roman Reigns. So he's tied up for a long time. And Dr. M, you agree? Yeah, I, I was I was thinking of Seth Rollins myself. Um, you know, Seth is the top heel in WWE right now, even though Kevin Owens is making a run for that title too. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it would have to be Seth to bring that out of Cody. And, yeah, Seth is uh, pretty occupied at the moment. Oh, I'll oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, D-Wayne. 
So, I mean, who do, what do you think? What do you think? Uh, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think Seth Rollins is that perfect compliment because Seth Rollins can balance him out in his brain work. I think Seth Rollins can probably pick and poke at him to bring out uh, the best of Cody's emotions. And I think they won't have a classic match. But since uh, Seth Rollins is going to be a formal world champion by that time, you know, it, it gives him that little bump over, okay, if Cody can do this against a former world champion and maybe beat another former world champion, they can take what they had with Mr. Kennedy's gimmick and bring that to Cody Rose. Oh, Cody has beaten this many former world champions and he's never been a world champion. Should he have a chance? Maybe they can roll with it that way. Um, I, 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 just, I just still believe in him. He's still young. Uh, I, I, I just, and maybe I'm being, you know, partial because I'm a huge fan of his, but I really think he deserves a chance. We all have brought valuable points to this discussion of do we believe in serious? Um, do we believe in Cody Rhodes? Uh, two people have said yes. One person has said no. Um, but we have a long, he's young. We have a while to tell where his career will end up. Um, who knows? He still can be up on the rising. He still can plateau. We don't know. But the whole point is, do we have faith in him? Um, according to Silly Sellers and Dr. M, yes. According to me, no. So for this week's segment, do you believe in? I'm your host, Dwayne. Um, next week, we will have a do you believe in series. And the topic would be Roman Reigns. Looking forward to it. All right, see you. All right, we're going to cap off the midweek episode of the Big Gold Belt podcast here on the solo tip with me, Aaron, uh, making a few predictions for Ring of Honor's upcoming pay-per-view on Friday, Best in the World 2015, takes place from New York, New York, and it starts at 9 o'clock East Coast time, 8 o'clock Central. I'm not going to predict every single match on the card, just the, um, the ones towards the top of the card. We'll start with the six-man tag. We have The Kingdom, Adam Cole, Michael Bennett, Matt Taven, with Maria Kanellis taking on Bullet Club members, the phenomenal one, AJ Styles, and the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson. I um a little bit torn on who's going to come out on top on this match. The, uh, the Kingdom is going to be competing at the upcoming Dominion um, show from New Japan, and they'll actually be defending their IWGP Tag Team Championship against Bullet Club members Dot Gallows, Carl Anderson. So I kind of like the continuity here uh, of them going up against the Bullet Club. I like uh, the Kingdom to win here and then go on to lose their titles to Dot Gallows and Machine Gun. Carl Anderson at the D- Dominion show in July. I think you got to keep these guys looking strong. I know they've been feuding with the Bullet Club, uh, specifically Gallows and Anderson, for a little while now and some of the reading up I was doing. So I like the kingdom here. Wouldn't be shocked if 
Bullet Club won, but I would like to see some ROH talent. Um, victorious against New Japan, recognized talent, uh, considering that New Japan went over quite a bit on some of the shows that they did in Philly and in Toronto uh, back in May. Uh, elsewhere, we have a triple threat match for the number one contendership to the ROH World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, we have Mr. ROH, Roderick Strong, going up against Moose and Unbreakable Michael Elgin. As I said on previous podcasts, I think this is a great spot for Moose, who is my favorite wrestler in Ring of Honor. Roderick Strong, Michael Elgin, they've both held the ROH um, World Championship in the past. I like Moose here. They've been booking him very strongly on television for a long time now. I think that uh, it would be very interesting to see him go up against who I'm going to predict to win the world title in the main event. But I'm going to go with Moose here. Um, wouldn't be surprised if he didn't win, considering that he's still uh, new to wrestling and new to ROH. But I like Moose here. I think they need to continue to book him strong. I think he could be a really great uh, special attraction moving forward as that kind of dominant... Um, I think he's a babyface just because I like him. I'm not sure if that's exactly how they book him, but I like Moose here. Then we have a no-disqualification match. For the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship, we have the champions, The Addiction, Frankie Kazarian, Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels, against Red Red Dragon, we have Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly, who just came off a really great, strong match at the best of the Super Juniors Finals against the eventual winner, Kushida. Uh, Red Dragon had a rematch on a recent ROH television episode. Uh, The Addiction got themselves disqualified. Um, I think we see the addiction retain here. I like to see them retain and have Red Dragon continue to chase. Um, I think Red Dragon is a great tag team. I think they're going to pick up the straps again soon, but I like the addiction to retain here, continue uh, moving forward as that dominant heel um, tag team. Then we have the main event, champion versus champion. We have the Ring of Honor world champ, Jay Briscoe defending against the television champion, Jay Lethal, from the House of Truth. We'll see Truth Martini ringside. Uh, You've got to think that we'll see some appearance from Mark Briscoe, maybe ODB, uh, Donovan Dijak. I think we're going to see a lot of people out there, maybe some shenanigans involved. I would like to see Jay Lethal go over here. I think you... You bury the TV title a little bit if you have Jay Briscoe go over. Um, I think it could make make that title mean a little bit more when you see that the television champion was able to get one over on Jay Briscoe. I expect there to be shenanigans. I don't think Jay Lethal wins it clean, but I, I really like seeing him come out of this match with the ROH World Heavyweight Championship. I think that he moves forward as kind of the top field champion in the company. I like to see him go up against Moose um, in a world title feud moving forward. I think that could be a great way to continue to get Moose over. Um, But I think Jay Lethal wins it here. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't, and they stretch this feud out with the Briscoes even further. But I like Jay Lethal in the main event. Um, Elsewhere on the card, not going to predict the entire card, but the undercard's comprised of uh, War Machine versus CNC Russell Factory. That's Caprice Coleman and Cedric Alexander. 
We have Dalton Castle against Silas Young. Love Dalton Castle. Can't wait to see him work. Donovan Dijak against Mark Briscoe. We have a four-way with Matt Seidel, a.k.a. Evan Bourne, versus ACH, versus Adam Page, versus BJ Whitmer. Uh, I think this is going to be a great show overall. I expect a lot of great work rate here. Uh, Again, this is on pay-per-view this upcoming Friday, June 19th, live from New York, and it starts at uh, 9 o'clock, 8 central. And I believe the Flips TV app, which broadcast the Wrestle Kingdom 9 show this past January, will be showing this pay-per-view as well as TNA's Slammiversary. Um, I think you can also get it on your standard uh, pay-per-view um, purchasing routes on your from your cable provider. All right, guys, this has been the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter and social media and all that good stuff. Look forward to another episode of the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast this weekend. Again, like I said, we're going to hit you with the midweeker and with the weekend episodes, so two times a week, the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Special shout-out to WrestlingOpinion.com. And until next time, enjoy Ring of Honor's Best in the World and all the other Wednesday night wrestling that's going to happen after we release this podcast. Uh, For the rest of the crew, this is Aaron. Take care, enjoy yourself, and we'll talk to you soon. This has been another production of the Big Goat Belt Wrestling Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at BGB Group or on Facebook, facebook.com slash biggoldbelt. Email us at biggoldbeltgroup at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes.